the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's all about the old white men. Yeah, it's all about them. Who else? We had a good discussion about the cancellation of Dr. Seuss yesterday and how it's reminiscent of what totalitarian regimes in Russia and China have done. Erase the history, erase the culture. That's the first step. And it seems obvious, uh, unless you work, of course, for MSNBC or the Washington Post, it's, uh, that it's just about old white men if, it's, if you work for them, and it's all about the old white men being afraid of losing control. Listen to Stephanie Rule of MSNBC and Washington Post national correspondent Philip Bump. Philip, isn't this cancel culture debate, this is what I really don't get, it's a debate for the elites, right? For working class Americans, they're worried about putting food on the table, having a job, having health care. It's people who can sit back on their lazy boys and actually discuss topics like this all day long because they don't have to worry about surviving. How does the Republican Party say they're the party of the working class when working class Americans don't have the privilege of debating Mr. Potato Head. They got to go to work. Well, I mean, the answer, honestly, is, is exactly what uh, what Eddie just said. I mean, that there is this massive sense of disconcertment uh, among uh, the right, among an older, whiter baby boom population, uh, which is seeing. I mean, Eddie really nails it when he talks about the prominence, the visibility of a younger, less white generation through things like TikTok, through things like technology. They are in the face of this older, whiter demographic. And we saw one of the key spurs for Donald Trump's support was people who felt insecure about the place of whites in American society. There's absolutely this undertone to it. And so, the, yes, it is the case that talking about cancel culture is, is, is really a distraction from real issues that are out there, but it is an intentional distraction. It is a distraction meant to appeal to that particular aspect of what a lot of white Americans are concerned about so that they don't have to focus on these things where the Democrats are actually proposing legislation which is much more popular than makes the Republicans comfortable. So it is, it is deliberate. It is a reason the reason we're talking about cancel culture is because they don't have something to say on these other issues, uh, and they're very well aware of it. Yeah, they're proposing, uh, the Democrats are just proposing legislation that has you in mind, because the Democrats care deeply about you, and conservatives are just white supremacists who are afraid. Simple, right? Well, we'll have more on the uh, cancel culture in our second half hour, but when we come back, former communications director for Trump 2020, Tim Murtaugh. Stick around. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. 
What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and the Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we are offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is Dennis Prager along with my fellow host Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October 27th to November 5th. I've been all over the world, but I can never get enough of the great state of Israel. You will be amazed and inspired in your faith. Dennis and I have planned every detail minute by minute of this trip to make sure you have the best experience possible. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, especially because Israel is the leading country in the world in COVID vaccinations. Join us as we sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Walk the steps of the old city of Jerusalem and join us for a Shabbat service that will reenact the old traditions. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. That's Stand with IsraelTour.com. Aren't you ready to travel again? We are. So come join us. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews, averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Right now, Washington, D.C. looks like Baghdad, and the White House looks like a weekend at Bernie's. And the Democrats are trying to make it impossible for another Republican to get elected. They're working on that. It's been an interesting 44 days since Donald Trump left. And Tim Murtaugh was the director of communications for the Trump 2020 campaign. And, by the way, a regular guest on this show for several months. And he joins us again now. Tim, thanks for coming on again. Sure thing, John. Good to talk to you again. And thanks, as always, for the opportunity. Yeah, so... um, uh, first question, since you were in charge of communications, you know all about that. Uh, what do you make of the big guy uh, going 44 days, I think it's 44 days now, without a press conference? And I think that's a, a record. He set a record. Yeah, for recent presidents anyway. And, and not only that, he has, also hasn't scheduled a, a joint appearance before Congress, which is, you know, oh, that's right, yeah. for a president coming in. So, you know, I think it's really just an extension of the campaign. You know, he, he, he spent an awful lot of time hiding out in Wilmington, Delaware, and I think he trusted that the, the corporate media, the establishment media, would do his work for him, and they did, mm-hmm. and they did. And so I think, I think we're seeing it again. And, you know, the habit that uh, they got into during the campaign, and there was a little walking from the press corps, but, you know, they went along with it ultimately, is that they would hand-select and pre-screen which reporters were going to get to ask Joe Biden a question during his rare press conferences. He always went to CNN or CBS or The Atlantic Mm -hmm. or NBC, someone dependable that they knew he was going to get a friendly question from. Look what they've done now. During the the Trump administration, during COVID, of course, it's a matter of doing business there that everyone who goes into the White House to cover the president and go into the White House briefing room had to get a COVID test before going in. The White House picked up the tab for those. They cost $170 each. Now, the Biden White House has said, we're not going to pay for that anymore. You guys, you reporters have to pay for your own COVID tests. 
So if you are a small news outlet, one of the smaller ones, not a national network, not NBC, not CBS, not Fox, not CNN, if you're small and you only have one White House reporter, you have to pay for that yourself. That's $170 a day, $850 a week. And over the course of a year, over $40,000 you'd have to pay for the privilege of covering Joe Biden's White House. Over $40,000 a year, John. It's essentially a coverage tax to cover the Biden administration. And there's a lot of small, smaller, you know, independent yeah. news outlets that wouldn't be able to handle that. And you're going to be left with only the NBCs and CNNs of the world covering the Biden White House. And I think that's exactly the way they want it. And, hey, I, you know, I got into the media and I was in sports for most of my career, but I got involved because, you know, I was looking for the free tickets and the free food. I, I wouldn't have paid one hundred and seventy dollars to go to Game Seven of the World Series. I, 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 I got on, yeah. get in free. I'm the media baby. Yeah, you know, how, did, how uh, did they treat you in the minor leagues? You didn't get too many free meals there. No, not no, <laughs> no. I got free food. We got a hot dog or something. But hey, yeah. No, seriously, uh, I, I'm. Uh, that's that's a that's a great deterrent for uh, for any small, especially a small. Uh, media outlet that you find to be a little bit annoying charm charge them thirty forty thousand bucks a year to show up but they ain't showing up they're not no, coming of course not and then you and then you're going to get the, the the you know the favorable treatment from the national networks and we know how they treat democrats generally and in particular joe biden and they're going to mm-hmm. get just general treatment all the time and when they do ask a, a somewhat difficult question they frame it in such a way that they almost apologize for having to ask the question. So, yeah. you know, even the tough questions are, are lobbed up as, as softballs. And so it, it's actually it's not surprising to see that they're protecting Joe Biden so much because uh, they don't like it when he's out there unscripted because he's liable to say anything, talk himself into a corner. He's, he's, he says things that he's absolutely just made up. Uh, and have no basis in fact or reality, and he tells stories about stuff that never happened. So I'm not surprised. So, so and, as, and as you know, I mean, this is what you did for a living. If you, if you think your guy can help you, especially with a media who love him, which they do in this case, aren't you looking for opportunities to get the message out? Get him out there. If he, uh, yeah. And uh, if he's good at delivering the message, you want him out there as much as you can. And, and, and in control at a press conference. Yeah, and look, the President of the United States, whoever it happens to be, has the largest megaphone and and the the loudest microphone in the world. So if you think that your President can carry the message and, and, uh, you know, move public opinion or get get Americans behind whatever it is that that you're trying to do, you send the President out there. And you'd think, I would think that the President would want to be out there. You know, Mm -hmm. he's the guy in charge. You know, we're sort of talking about this from a staffing perspective perspective like you know hey wouldn't you want your principal out there carrying the message sure i think staff wants to do that wouldn't the president of the united states the most powerful human being on earth wouldn't that person want to be out leading the way you would think so yeah but uh it's not happening so how frustrating is it it for you and and for other people who dealt with the media for all that time when you see the softball questions and the slobbering commentary uh on top of the fact that he's not even asked a question anymore because he never shows up in it for a press conference it's got to be frustrating well it's sure it's it's frustrating but you know over time you just get sort of uh numb to it because it's the world we yeah. live in you know we mm-hmm. I, I i lived it every single day on the trump campaign for two entire years 24 months actually exactly as i was i was on the on the trump campaign and mm-hmm. we saw it every day and not just their treatment of uh, different treatment of the way they treated trump versus the way they treated biden but when we're talking to reporters and trying to get them to pay attention to the issues or the stories that that we care about uh it was very difficult and there is there is a I think they were really uh, happy to rely on anonymous single sources in many cases if the story was negative for Trump. Uh, But when we went to them to try to get them to write stories that we thought would would, uh, be aimed at Biden, you know, not even relying on anonymous sources, but things that are absolutely firmly sourced, really good stories, legitimate stories like the fact that he was going to crack down on the fracking industry and how it would crush Pennsylvania, in particular Western Pennsylvania, they was like, well, you know, I don't know about that. And they honestly couldn't be bothered. So there's a bias in not only how they report, but in also what they don't report. 
Yeah, I think that's as big as that's as big as how is is what and what what they don't report. The the uh, bias by omission is something that people don't pay enough attention to. I worked in the media, uh, and I I know how easy it is to just decide not to do a story because um, because you like the person that you're going to do the story about. You don't want to hurt them. You just don't do it. So yeah, I um, mean, look at the, the the perfect example is Hunter Biden's laptop, right? Yeah, and that was uh, in our minds that was not a story about Hunter Biden. I know a lot of people roll their eyes and go, "Oh, come mm-hmm. on, get off of Hunter, man! He's not the president." It involved Joe because you had people who were Hunter's uh, partners, business partners, uh, Tony Bobolinsky, who said yes, Joe Biden knew all about it, and in fact had to approve certain aspects of certain deals. That was a Joe Biden story. Not a Hunter Biden story, because it meant that Joe Biden was up to his eyeballs in what Hunter Biden was doing in in peddling influence around the world. The New York Post broke it, and then we had other uh, information that there was actually an FBI investigation going on, looking into Hunter Biden and his his associates. And for the 10 days leading up to Election Day, we held uh, a press conference call every single day, begging them to call their sources at the Department of Justice to confirm that there was an FBI investigation going on, and not one of them would do it. Not one of them would do it. And then guess what? After the election happened, Hunter Biden puts out a statement announcing himself, hey, I'm being investigated by the FBI. And then the media will cover it because the election is safely behind us, and now they can actually write that story. They all knew it was happening before the election, but they wouldn't write it. And it's amazing. You know that this stuff goes on, especially you know with the, with the bias uh, from the left uh the media, the the liberal media, but uh, this was just so blatant that that story there. There's never been anything more blatant than than the decision to not cover that story. And as you said, it, it was not about Hunter Biden. I mean, it, 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 that still would be that still should have been considered a good story in any newsroom just because it is the son of the president. Even if even if you had proof that the president had nothing to do with it. You still do the story because it's good news. I mean, it's not. It's 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 a good news story. Just as if Donald Trump Jr. was found to be doing the same thing, and you had 100 percent proof that Donald Senior knew nothing about it, you'd still do the story because it's 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 interesting. Yeah. It's it's important. But instead, look what happened. You had the New York Post had their Twitter account locked because of it, uh, for a story that was 100% true. Uh, People on Twitter were prevented and blocked from sharing the story around. I mean, it was was an enormous news blackout, and it became sort of this, uh, this cabal of the press corps where no one was going to be the first one to crack because they're all part of the same club, right? So you're talking to the D.C. press corps. Not one of them was going to be the first one to write that story. And so whether it was formal or informal, there was the effect of an agreement in the press corps that no one was going to write it. No one. And we would be on yeah. the phone with them every day for the last 10 days leading up to the election, just beseeching, saying, I don't understand why you guys won't write this story. And they just they just wouldn't budge. They wouldn't budge. And then when the election was over, they were happy to write about it because it doesn't matter anymore. And it's, it's proof forever that they have no shame. So, uh, you know, that not that we needed it, but that there's, there's, there's never any – there's no need for another story like that because that, that just – that just closed the door on it. It's over. They're, they're, they're so biased that they should not be taken seriously. Meanwhile, uh, yesterday, uh, the big guy was doing a, some kind of a video uh, media event. He was talking to somebody <laughs> on, I guess it was a Zoom call. And when he, uh, when he finished his statement, it wasn't Zoom, I guess it was a streaming. But anyway, when, when he finished his statement, he said something like, I'll take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nancy. <laughs> And then the yeah. video feed died. I'm sure you've seen this. Just I'm just recapping it for people who haven't seen it. So he he, he says, "I'll take I'll take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nancy." I mean, was there somebody named Nancy in the room, or was it Nancy yeah. Pelosi? And then the well, video I, died. The video I just he was talking feed. To Nancy. It was a Nancy Pelosi uh, thing. He was talking to Nancy Pelosi, I believe. And then and yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly how it happened. He said, I'll take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do. And he pauses awkwardly for three or four seconds. And then they bring the graphic up that says, you know, this broadcast has concluded. So I, evidently some staff somewhere decided, no, no questions, and put the, put the graphic up and concluded the broadcast. And, you know, there you go. In a rare instance where he actually says, hey, I'll take questions, I guess he was overruled by his Yeah, staff. well, that was my question, <laughs> though. No, We're talking to... To Tim Murtaugh, former uh, director of communications for the Trump 2020 campaign, um, that's what I wanted to ask you about because you've been there and see, you know, you know how this works. You weren't necessarily in the White House every day. You were out on the campaign trail and doing other things. But 
uh, as you sit and see that, if you watch that happening or if you see the video of that, uh, you know what what's going on behind the scenes. Who decided to uh, pull the feed? I mean, who would be this person who would say, hold on, just gave, that's it, we're done, well, and, and, and overrule the president, by the way? Yeah, they would have somebody there from White House comms, and then that there's a White House communications office there that, that would actually be, you know, doing the, the technical support of it. So those would be the people who actually punch the button to put the graphic up. But there would there would likely be, I can't swear to you that this is exactly yeah. what happened in that in that instance yesterday because I wasn't there. But it would be somebody from White House comms would be standing there and, and either say yes or no, or um, and uh, somebody who gave the direction for the technical people to put up the graphic and, and the broadcast. So, And let, let me tell you something. If, if that had been Donald Trump's website and President, oh. uh, his, his administration and President Trump said out loud, I think I'll take questions now, you better believe he would be taking some questions. Ain't nobody going to overrule Donald Trump. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, 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 but there's somebody there who, who um, I mean, it's become so obvious that they're hiding this guy. How long can they get away with hiding him? Uh, they can only do it for as long as the media let them get away with it, right? And th- and at some point, it, they can only get to the point where they become so embarrassed, uh, and they're f- somehow they have to be forced to to not let them hide anymore. Is that ever going to happen? Do you think? I don't know. You know. During the campaign, it went a really long time. I mean, as I recall, it got up to 90 days or so between press conferences for Joe Biden. And we kept a running count and tried to keep a, a drumbeat going on the campaign. And then after a while, the press corps did start to get irritated. But they, they take a long time. When it comes to a Democrat, they take an awfully long time to come around the position of you know complaining about something that the incumbent or the Democrat is, is doing. Um, and, you know, to their credit, I mentioned the, the, the charging for the COVID tests, $170 a day per yeah. test. Uh, <clears throat> the White House Correspondents Association uh, has registered their complaints about it with the White House, and the Washington Post could actually write a story. But, you know, what would you, picture what CNN's reaction would be if President Trump charged people for oh. the right to come in. It would have been the lead story. It would have oh. been their lead story. And they'd have talked about it for two Eating hours in prime time. Small, smaller news outlets and how this is, you know, disenfranchising and yeah. taking the, 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 the voice of the people away from yeah. the White House and all that. And it just, it, it, they did raise it as an issue, but it has largely gone, gone uh, unnoticed. And I, I would say that most Americans are unaware that essentially Joe Biden is charging a coverage tax to have reporters be able to come in and cover his administration. Now, I've got a couple minutes left here with Tim Murtaugh. Um, if you were hired tomorrow, uh, for some reason, by the Trump administration to, to be his media handler, would you, be, would you feel like the only thing to do would be to handle him just the way they are? Can, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, can you blame them for hiding him? You mean the Biden administration? Yeah. Yeah, that's, the, that's um, what I meant, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, you know... I. You, you can only see from the outside and what, what evidence that, that we see. I mean, I, it does seem like that they don't want him to go out and be unscripted. You know, he can go out and, right. and deliver prepared remarks and not take questions. And that's what he did over and over again during the campaign. He mostly went out, made a statement, and then walked away. And the reporters were generally polite. Uh, except for Peter Ducey from Fox News, and, and didn't mm-hmm. try to shout questions at him as, as he was walking away. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, clearly that was their tactic during the campaign, and you, you'd think that at that time it was because they were trying to keep him out of trouble and saying things that you know the campaign wished that he wouldn't say. Now that he's president of the United States, I mean, I really do think that it is it's his duty to, to face questions from reporters. Right. I mean, we're now into 44, 45 days since he's had a press conference. It's his duty. So I, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors there in the West Wing. Um, they must be making the calculation that they just don't have to. You know, and I think it's a very Good. condescending view of the press corps and the American people. I got 30 seconds. My toughest question for you. He's Donald Trump obviously has no plans to go away. Would you bet against him deciding to go again in 2024? Oh, no, I would not bet against that. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to keep all his options open, that's for sure. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And if he decides to run again, this is still Donald Trump's party. There's, there's no question of that. He's the leader of the party. And uh, I think uh, anybody else who's interested in running for president acknowledges that. 
And uh, you're working for the Heritage Foundation. We uh, we work with those people all the time, so there's a good chance I'm going to be bothering you a lot, Tim. I, I appreciate you coming on, though. Sure thing, John. I always appreciate it. I'm a visiting fellow with the Heritage Foundation now. It's my, my first column just went up on Daily Signal, and I encourage everybody to go read it. It's about the Keystone XL pipeline. Hey, I'll check it out. Thanks, Tim. Always uh, good to have you on. Talk again. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Pentagon is reviewing a police request to keep National Guard troops patrolling the U.S. Capitol for another 60 days, following evidence of a possible plot by a militia group to storm the building again. Meanwhile, Guard troops and police on high alert. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey extending her state's mask order for another month, but said the requirement will end in April. A powerful magnitude 8.1 earthquake has struck in the ocean off the coast of New Zealand, prompting evacuations and tsunami warnings across the South Pacific region. It was the second large quake to strike within hours on Friday. Stocks lower on Wall Street as bond yields made another upward spike, renewing pressure on high-flying technology companies. The Dow dropped 346 points. The Nasdaq fell 274. This is SRN News. The far left controls the White House and both houses of Congress. But Alliance Defending Freedom wants to make sure they don't control your house. Religious freedom, sanctity of life, free speech, and parental rights. Precious freedoms that ADF will protect at the courthouse. With God's help, we have over 2,000 victories, including 11 at the Supreme Court. And because ADF is a tax-deductible nonprofit ministry, we provide our services at no charge to those whose freedom is threatened. We have a challenging 48 months ahead of us. We must be prepared to stand for freedom. Call 833-993-4377 with your most generous gift or visit adflegal.org slash freedom to sign the freedom statement and commit to help us sustain our efforts. 833-993-4377 or click adflegal.org slash freedom. Larry Elder just wants answers. I've read a couple of articles talking about the six books that have been banned, and I'm hearing that they are now racially insensitive. Uh, okay, but what? Nobody seems to be saying, but what? Whenever I read an article and they don't say exactly what happened, generally that means that they're not quite sure what it is. They just know it's a thing, and so... Uh, you know, anybody can tell me. I- I'm serious. I would like to know. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Mike Campbell here, serial entrepreneur. I started my first business in the basement of a factory over 30 years ago. We had no heat and no air conditioning. Instead of customers, our office visitors were rats, birds, flies, and snakes. Our office flooded often, and we used blankets as our office walls. We were broke and needed help. That's why I created Patriot Software, to help small business owners with simple payroll for 1 to 100 employees. And if you need help, we will help you for free. Go to PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll processing free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up any non-contact thermometer toward an exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. Fever is a leading symptom of COVID, and using an accurate thermometer has never been more critical. In published studies, no-touch thermometers miss more fevers than they detect. While the new COVID vaccines are becoming more widely available, it's important to make sure you are protected. Monitor for fever with an accurate thermometer backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies. Details at exergen.com, where accuracy matters. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still seeing some rush hour congestion, usual delays on the outbound Parkway East, Bates Street, up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Looks like about an extra seven minutes or so. Inbound, just a little congested also. Edgewood Swiss Vale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West looking at some minor volume delays as well. On the inbound side, Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Just a couple extra minutes there. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. 
1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight will be clear and breezy. We'll see a low tonight of 19. Tomorrow, breezy with sunshine and patchy clouds. Expect a high tomorrow of 37. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies with a low of 24. Saturday, a mix of clouds and sunshine. Saturday will reach a high of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we talked yesterday about uh, cancel culture and uh, the big story yesterday or the day before, uh, and I guess the day before, was the the, uh, Dr. Seuss, the the cancellation of six books uh, by Dr. Seuss, by the company that uh, handles that now, his descendants, and... um, and uh, there's quite a bit of discussion about it and how ridiculous it is. And then I played the clip at the beginning of the show from MSNBC where someone from the Washington Post and uh, and one of the hosts at MSNBC were making fun of the Republicans for being too worried about stuff like this. And uh, after talking to John Daniel Davidson on the show yesterday about the, with the piece he wrote at the Federalist, uh, you can find it at thefederalist.com. He did a great job of describing just exactly what's going on with cancel culture when you start canceling history and, and uh, getting rid of statues and paintings and names on schools and uh, books uh, and all the stuff that uh, everybody knows is going on. Uh, it's part. It's it's kind of a, the uh, modus operandi for totalitarian regimes and uh, it's what the uh, it's what the democrats are doing it's maybe not necessarily exactly the democrat party but liberals who are obviously uh controlling the democrat party and maybe not everybody who's a democrat agrees with some all the stupidity but they're 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 voting for things that make it possible so anyway uh the the latest one here is that the name cherokee uh which I drive, by the way, not doing a free commercial for anybody, but I do drive a Jeep Cherokee, one of the cars of the two cars I have, and uh, and interestingly enough, I was one of the first people on Earth to have a, an SUV. I, I remember I bought my first one of these, probably about 1991 or 92, and I, I I was driving another car and kind of a car, more of a luxury kind of a car, and I I went to uh, I just happened to drop into a Jeep dealership. And the guy said, "Here, take this for a ride." And I looked. I thought it looked like I thought it was like a station wagon. He said, "This was four wheel drive," and you know, he told me all about it. And I got in, and the, the dealership happened to be on West Liberty Avenue, uh, which was a terrible, uh, beat up road at the time. And I drove what looked to me like a, a, you know, kind of like a station wagon. I drove that up the road, and it was so quiet and such a nice car inside, and it was four wheel drive. And I said, "Give me one." I bought it. So I was like. And, and and I would come to work, and when I would park, some people I worked with, uh, they would say to me, what, what kind of car is that? Where, where, you, is that a station wagon? People had no idea what it was. So that's how long ago it was. So I, I've i been a Cherokee guy. Not every car since then has been one, but I, I'd have one now, and I had one of the first ones. I had the first one that they came out with, whatever year that was. Uh, so um, I haven't. I just never thought that I was offending anybody by driving a car down the street that was named after an Indian uh, tribe, but apparently... That's a problem because the principal chief of Cherokee Nation uh, spoke out directly, I guess, last week against uh, Jeep using that name. And so the question is, what's Jeep going to do about it? And uh, I guess uh, the the possibility that they could change it, the name could change. Right now they're sticking with it, but uh, Carlos Tavares, who's the CEO of Stellantis, Jeep's new parent company, which I didn't know about, um, it was formed between Fiat Chrysler and PSA Group. That's the name of the official name of the company. Uh, I knew they had merged with Chrysler, but I didn't know that. I'm not familiar with that name. S-T-E-L-L-A-N-T-I-S. Anyway, he says, at this stage, I don't know if there is a real problem, but if there is one, well, of course, we will solve it. Uh, and he said, I don't see anything that would be negative here, mentioning how using a name is a form of expression. Regardless, uh, Stellantis is engaging in a head-on discussion with the Cherokee Nation over Jeep's use of their name. It says here, while the outcome of these talks are anyone's guess, there is now a tangible possibility that Jeep agrees to ditch the Cherokee name. 
That would mean the Brandt's so-so compact crossover would need to be renamed, as would the Grand Cherokee and the Grand Cherokee L. So that's where we're headed now. Uh, You know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over uh, Jeep changing the name of one of its cars, but it just shows you, you know, what's happening out there. And so I took a little bit of time today to look up some other – first of all, it's a good thing that Pontiac is no longer in business. They'd be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, they'd have to change the name of everything uh, named after an Indian. But um, here's some here's a list of some names I came up with. Uh, did you know that Liz Claiborne has a clothing line called Crazy Horse? I didn't know that, but it's out there. That has to go. Uh, Indian Motorcycle Manufacturing Company, another company I'm not aware of, but Mohawk Airlines, Mohawk Gasoline, Niagara Mohawk Power Company, uh, the Sioux Chief Manufacturing, those are companies, some other products, um, the uh, Mohawk Steam Locomotive, Mohawk Tile and Carpet, Mohawk Vodka, uh, Red Man Chewing Tobacco. Remember that? That was a biggie, Red Man Chewing Tobacco. Um, Ticonderoga Pencils. I think everybody's had a Ticonderoga Pencil at some point. Wamsutta Sheets. Uh, also, uh, cars, the Chevrolet Apache, the Chevrolet Cheyenne, the Dodge Dakota, the Ford Thunderbird, uh, the Mazda Navajo, the Nissan Kashaki, Kashkai, I didn't know what that one was, uh, and then Pontiac's in here, the Volkswagen Touareg, uh, and Winnebago. You can't have a Winnebago. And then uh, some other things, av- aviation, the Piper PA-44 Seminole, the Piper Cherokee, the Piper Aztec, and in the military, I'm, I'm familiar with some of these, some of these I haven't seen before, but the AH-56 Cheyenne, the AH-64 Apache, uh, the C-12 Huron, the CH-21 Shawnee, the, and they're all in here, U.S. Seminole, computers, the Apache Geronimo, uh, the Aztec C, the Cherokee HTTP server, the Hiawatha HTTP server. Then you have the Southwest Chief Railroad, and there's all kinds of other things in here. Now that that's those are products, and you know that's easy enough to change the name of a product. But um, what do you do when you get to um, Miami, Florida? What is what are they going to do in Miami? Because the name Miami derives from Miamia, that's the tribe's antonym, uh, autonym, it says here, named for themselves in the Algonquian language of Miami, Illinois. Illinois is another one. Illinois, I'm pretty sure, is a state named after an Indian uh, tribe. So um, if it's offensive to have a car named after uh, an Indian tribe, how is it not offensive to have a city or a state named after an Indian tribe. So how are they going to fix that? Um, Utah is another one, the Ute uh, tribe of Indians. Um, that, uh, then there's um, there's Seattle. Did you know that, uh, you know, you hear these names all the time, Seattle, Washington. You never think anything of it. But uh, Seattle got its name. It's one of the only major cities in the United States to be named after, are you ready, a Native American chief. In his native language, Seattle was pronounced Sealish, but it was difficult for English speakers to pronounce, so they anglicized it to the version that you know today. Chief Seattle was born in the 1780s on the Kitsap Peninsula, just west of the city of Seattle today. Seattle was the son of nobly born members of both the Duwamish and Squamish tribes, And as he grew older, his leadership was recognized by both tribes. His proven abilities as a military strategist, a winner of battles, a good speaker and diplomat, earned earned him the respect of his people, and he soon was recognized as a great leader by most Native Americans in the region. And then when a trading post was built in present-day Olympia, Seattle was one of the Native Americans to trade animal pelts for imported European goods. It's likely he started to gain respect for the Europeans, and European-Americans then, even while they took over his people's land. In fact, Seattle was baptized Roman Catholic in 1852 with his Christian name being Noah and was considered a friend of the white people. So there's a little background for you into Seattle, Washington. So if you are a descendant of Chief Seattle, and I've got to believe there's 
there have to be some people out there who uh, either are or claim to be um, uh, descendants of him or or uh, descendants of people in the two tribes, the Duwamish and the Squamish tribes. Uh, why aren't they offended by the by Seattle taking name? Is it, is it an honor, I guess, to have a city named after you? But I guess maybe a, naming a car after uh, someone isn't the same as naming a city. I'll give you that. But uh, it's only a matter of time till they come for uh, some of these other things and uh, see if there's uh, Illinois. Joined the United States December 3rd, 1818. Uh, it gets its official name, name from Native Americans. Illinois comes from Illinois, which is what the Illini people were called. The name means best people. Illinois is the spelling we use for the indigenous people the French explorers encountered in the region in the late 17th century. Then there's Kansas. Kansas gets its name from the Native American Cause or Kansa people, also a Sioux tribe. And then, of course, Sioux, S-I-O-U-X. There is Sioux City, South Dakota. Uh, they derive the name, the uh, Kansas, the, uh, they de- derive the name from the Sioux word for south wind. And the Kansas people are also referred to as people of the south wind. Iowa, the, the story behind Iowa's name is a bit complicated. One version claims the name comes from the Iowa River, which was named for the Native American uh, Iowas or Iowas, I-O-W-A-Y-S, who were a Sioux tribe. One frontiersman wrote in 1868 that Native Americans in Camp by a River were pleased with the location and said of their native language, Iowa, 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 meaning beautiful. So um, Oklahoma means red persons. That's what it means. Uh, and um, that's a state, I'm pretty sure, named Oklahoma, named after red persons. And then uh, wrapping this up here, well, first of all, Wichita a place where I uh, actually worked for a while. My first, uh, my second job was in Wichita, Kansas, and uh, that is also the name of uh, an Indian tribe. It's a city named after Indians. So, I mean, is, are we going to be um, uh, scandalized by that? There is Lake Huron, uh, which is the Huron Indians. Um, that's what that is named after. And then locally, you hear the word Aliquip all the time, and when you the word Aliquip all the time, when you hear it, you may think, well, you think of the town of Aliquip, but you also around here you think of what a great football team they've had, what great high school football teams they've had there. But uh, the Aliquippa was a queen, Queen Aliquippa. That's uh, that's where that comes from. She was called the Queen of the Delawares, and that's where that's the uh, she she spent some time in this area. And that's where the name Aliquippa comes from. She was a queen. And right down the road from uh, Aliquippa is Manaka. And Manaka is the name of the borough. was changed to Manaka in honor of the Native American Manakatutha. Uh, don't ask me who Manakatutha was, but it's spelled M-O-N-A-C-A-T-O-O-T-H-A. So Cherokee bad, can't have that. And all those other names I just told you, but, uh, you know, then you got Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's uh, named after, uh, that's, an, that's an Indian derivative, um, and so is Wisconsin for that matter. There are a lot of uh, cases of that, and so what are they going to do? How are they going to fix that? Uh, and how long before someone complains that, the, that their culture was appropriated to name a city or a state? Uh, or a county, or a lake, or a river, because there are plenty of them out there. So that's just something I thought I'd throw out there today with the news that uh, Cherokee's bad. So, um, and just warning you that uh, Indian names are everywhere, and uh, this could be popping up a lot. So uh, when we come back, I'm going to take a little break now. When we come back, I'm going to talk some sports about Skip Bayless and Ben Roethlisberger. Stick around. Benjamin Franklin once wrote, <laughs> Nothing can be said to be certain, except death and taxes. Uh, hold on there, Benji. Oh. You can't even rely on that much thanks to identity thieves. Pardon? Tax forms have all your personal info in one place. And this is the season when it can get emailed, shared, and possibly exposed to identity thieves. 
They might even try to file your tax return before you do. This shan't stand. No, it shan't. Because LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to identity threats. If you become a victim, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will help fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Join today and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART for 25% off at LifeLock.com. And remember, 25% saved is 25% earned. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com Connecting you with new customers Pounds and pounds of fur Our hairballs have hairballs Our cat mama, she's 10 years old She has dandruff and an oily coat I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy Daisy sheds like crazy If you love your pets as much as I do You'll want to do what's best for them To live long, healthy, happy lives D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful Catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I'd seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with plug-in pest free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code INC. That's go. Pestfree.com, promo code INK. Go, pestfree.com, promo code INC. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Some sports items before we go. The Penguins are playing tonight against the Flyers at PPG, and uh, they're going to allow 2,800 fans in there. And, uh, I'm, of course, some people say that I'm miserable for not being excited about the 2,800 being there. I think it's great for the people who get to go. I'm glad they're going to have a good time. But um, uh, I think that the, the, what the media should be focusing on, at least is what's I'm, it's what I'm focusing on, is where's the science that says only 2,800 people can show up in an 18,000-plus seat arena? Uh, where's the science that says another 10,000 people or 8,000 people or 5,000 more people would make a difference and people would die or whatever it is that they're afraid of. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what they're afraid of anymore. Is it hospitalizations? What are they afraid of? Um, people are, are not dying from the disease uh, the way they told us they were going to do a year ago. But anyway, um, so that's going to happen tonight, and I think it's about time that the, the governor and whoever the health uh, secretary is now should be uh, pressed on that. Where do you where, – where did – from where did you pull the 15% uh, people allowed in a, in a building for a sporting event? Uh, is there, where's the science behind that? And, by the way, the, the, um, 
the, the Super Bowl, uh, as it turns out, was not a super spreader. It didn't spread uh, any extra COVID as a result of the Super Bowl. That was an outdoor event. So, uh, you know, come on. Uh, start start asking the questions about where what is all this based upon. Meanwhile, uh, one other quick item, item here. Ben Roethlisberger has a new contract. There was a lot of question about whether or not he was going to come back, and then if he did come back, if he would be able to take a pay cut to help the Steelers out with their sealer, uh, with their salary cap situation. He took a $5 million pay cut from 19 to $14 million. He's made $250 million, uh, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give anybody anywhere credit for taking a $5 million pay cut when you've made $250 uh, and $250 million. I've never understood when when you uh, have made that much money and you are an athlete, the last thing that you should use to determine whether or not you make a decision is money. You've made your money. Make your decision based on who the coach is, who the uh, what color the wallpaper is in the locker room, a lot of things before how much money you're being paid. You've made your money. You want to be happy. You want to have a good time. You want to have another get another year in just because you enjoy doing it. And you're 39 years old. Just take what they give you. Uh, and and play or don't walk away, but don't don't let the money uh, be the uh, determining factor. And speaking of money, as an old guy, I'm happy to see Skip Bayless, who I can't watch. He's ter- I think he's terrible uh, on um, FS1. He does a show uh, on FS1, a, a panel show. He just signed a contract. He's 69 years old. He's on FS1, and he did a. Uh, 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 signed a contract, four years, $32 million. He makes $8 million a year. He sits on a set with a woman who sits between him uh, and the uh, and the co-host and, and nods her head, and they fight uh, over, uh, you know, sports issues. And he gets, um, with Shannon Sharp as his co-host, he gets $8 million a year, 69 years old, you see, an old guy. I'm like I like seeing an old guy like that. Still working, making no apologies. Uh, he still has his hair, by the way. Uh, and uh, over there on ESPN, I think that the the number one, the most popular um, panel show that they have there is uh, Pardon the Interruption. And one of the co-hosts there is Tony Kornheiser, who's either 73 or 74 years old, still going strong, making millions of dollars a year. So old is good. I'm glad to see Skip Bayless get that money, but just so you know, I will never watch him. If it's up to me, I can't stand uh, 30 seconds of him on the air, but I'm glad he's got the money. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.